Hello, everyone, and welcome to Opportunities, EU Industry Days podcast, presenting trends and challenges, but also different opportunities that the industrial transformation brings for European companies. In this episode, we focus on sustainable buildings and ask guests from the construction, urban planning and social housing sectors what the future looks like. We're privileged to be speaking with Domenico Campogrande. Yes, uh, hello to everyone. Director General of the European Construction Industry Federation. So we are an umbrella organization uh, representing today uh, 33 national associations from 29 different European countries. And through these associations, we represent, in fact, construction companies, the builders uh, from all sizes. So from the very small uh, family business uh, to the large international group and doing all kinds of construction activities. So building, renovation, but also civil engineering speciality. Alma Demisevic. I have a couple of heads, so I'll try to keep the answer short. I did my PhD at the Delft University of Technology, where I was uh, first introduced 20 years ago with the issue of circular building, circular design, and finalized it. I finalized a PhD on the issue of transformable building structures. And since then, I had two major heads, one of architect uh, and the other one of um, scientist uh, who was developing um, new methods for design of uh, uh, circular buildings, but also me- methods to measure performance of buildings in the future. And we also have with us Sorsha Edwards, Secretary General of Housing Europe. Hi, uh, thanks a lot for the invite, representing all of the the public, social and cooperative housing providers across Europe. Uh, So we're working on managing housing. It's about 46,000 local organizations, about 25 million homes, but also, of course, delivering new homes, about 200,000 across um, the union and renovating a similar number. So established industries are just as important for the EU as the new kids on the block. To deliver on the Commission's recent renovation wave initiative, big efforts are needed to upgrade existing buildings and cut their carbon footprint. But these big efforts can result in even bigger opportunities. By 2030, 35 million buildings could be renovated and up to 160,000 additional green jobs created in Europe in the construction sector. In this episode, we discuss what it takes to do just that. It's not just putting one brick over the other. It means uh, integrating digitalization. Uh, There are more and more drones, robots uh, used in the construction process itself, uh, building information modeling tools for designing the building. And on top of that, you have all the uh, environmental requirements and aspects, so integrating insulation, Uh, new types of windows, roofing, photovoltaic panels into a building. So this is what is construction today, and it concerns large uh, projects, but as well small ones, uh, in-house building and in particular in renovation. And this has a lot of implications also in the construction process itself. In, In the actors, there are stronger links between the different actors intervening in the different phases of the construction process. So in a nutshell, it is uh, construction has become something much more complex and integrated than just laying one brick over the other. What do you think, Elma? When I, when I saw the title, I, um, I was thinking of uh, 
building new circular world brick by brick um, because um, it will involve um, a real systemic change. We, it will involve also change in perception of the built environment and its performance. And that will trigger the change in design culture, uh, manufacturing, construction, business models, uh, building codes and standards. Uh, so we are talking about um, big shift and we will need uh, many bricks to build up this uh, new circular world. And very often uh, I, I say we live today in, in the twilight zone between the linear world we try to leave behind and this new circular world and uh, we have to put lots of effort in <laughs> building, designing it and building up together. From the perspective of the, um, the organizations we represent, of course, uh, bricks have a key role to play or construction, but uh, what we see is actually those local organizations are really trying to put people, neighborhoods and communities at the center of their work. So that's the, my, my initial reaction to the, to the name. Before we look at a broader horizon, let's first focus on some features of a specific example, the Super Circular Estate Project developed in Kirkrada, the Netherlands. The main idea behind it was to experiment with new circular economy processes aimed at 100% reusing and recycling materials from an outdated and subsequently demolished high-rise social housing flats. How did it work? What are the lessons learned? Alma, could you tell us more? Um, as the buildings today are not designed um, for uh, circularity, they are not designed to be modified um, to new users without demolition, uh, their parts are not designed to be recovered and reused and basically we design buildings even today for one end-of-life option which is uh, demolition. Um, this, um, that's the, the first starting point of everything that I work on. The realization of, of circular buildings starts with design and uh, I would say very often that demolition and material degradation which we see is a reflection of a design error. Now, to reverse such a state-of-the-art, um, which we uh, see today, uh, design of buildings will need to become future-proof. And I mean by that, that buildings should not be designed for one, but for multiple use options. And um, that means that buildings will need to be designed as, uh, I see them as reversible buildings that can be modified to meet new user requirements without um, demolition and uh, that will help products that can be recovered, upgraded and reused. Sosha, do you agree with that? They are demolishing um, some, a block of flats and they are reusing all of the material to build um, affordable housing, social housing on the same site and just proving that it can be done and making um, the whole area a flagship for circular economy. Although I have to say that the major uh, conclusion from, from this project was that um, it takes quite a lot of time, uh, the deconstruction of existing housing blocks um, uh, cost a lot of labor and machinery. Um, it's a very complex process. Um, 
so obviously buildings which are not designed to be um, deconstructed uh, at this moment, uh, not financially feasible. But what, what is most uh, motivating, I think, about that is um, they're also focusing on the pride in the neighborhood, on um, using local materials, but also generating local jobs and seeing local people um, as, a, as a resource as well. So they're really, um, um, during the, the development of the project, they really respected the history of the neighborhood, the former industries that were located there and, and how to bring, and they tried to maintain that spirit um, of the, the local area in the new projects. Uh, this, uh, if you look at the result of uh, this uh, super circular estate project, we could see that three new houses have been created and built um, while reusing 95% of materials uh, that um, uh, lots of CO2 has been uh, reused um, as well, like 46 tons of CO2 has been reused, 20 um, tons of materials saved, uh, about 300 kilojoules in energy, embodied energy have been, uh, has been saved. However, when we looked into costs uh, attached to the construction of these three houses while reusing materials, and compare these costs with the costs of the uh, average um, construction project, which is still linear, unfortunately. Um, but these new circular houses were three times more expensive than the uh, existing um, or uh, buildings that would be built with existing uh, methods of construction. So in order to make steps further, we would need uh, some uh, incentives, financial uh, bring, to bring up some financial incentives for the industry um, to um, make it more financially feasible, uh, because obviously the labor costs cannot compete with the cost, low cost of raw materials, for example, at the moment. Domenico, having listened to how the future might look, let's get back to the present. How do you assess the state of your sector in Europe at the moment? One of the objectives of the, of the Commission and the European institution is to at least double the renovation rate that we have today. That's fine. And we are pleased as an industry to have these opportunities. But if we look at the reality today, in most of the member states, uh, construction companies are confronted with difficulties in finding the right workers with the right skills which means that independently of the activity, the financing that will be available for doing these works, we have to look at the capacities of companies. And if a similar effort is not done in terms of training, education, reskilling, upskilling the workforce, we will no, go nowhere. So this is, I think, the biggest, one of the biggest challenge, not to forget the let's say, the, the social dimension of, of construction activity, despite its digitalization, we are still need a lot of workforce and we need to focus on investment on, uh, on that workforce in order to be able to achieve these goals. Sorsha, what would you add to this? I think the, um, there are a lot of uh, moves in the right direction, but the money is not yet clearly on the table and it's going to be one, one of the crucial um, points if we want to achieve our goals. But as I said, it's not the only one. So throwing money at the problem is not going to be the only challenge. Um, we have to look at the, the collaboration between the construction sector, between 
um, the housing providers such as ourselves, but also between the, the local authorities. So it's not just a financial problem. It's um, we're going to be ha- we're going to be addressing many different um, challenges at the same time in parallel. Is there anything else you want to say about that, Domenico? Second element is also about the digital transition. Digital transition is not a goal in itself. It's a tool and it will play a key role also in achieving the goals related to the environment because through digitalization, we will be able to be more efficient in the process itself. We will be able to have a look at what we call the life cycle cost of a building. So from the design to the execution and the user phase of this uh, of the building. So the digital transition will play also a major role among the, the challenges that, that we have. And in this respect, one of the uh, really focus that we are having on is not to leave anybody behind. What do I mean? Construction sector is composed by a vast majority by small and very small companies. And they need to be part of the transition because when you look at how a construction project is managed, you often have a main contractor which uh, subcontracts to smaller companies, parts of its works. And if one part of the chain is weak and cannot use digital as a digital tool, for example, it's the whole process that is blocked. So this is the other challenge. First of all, ensuring that this digital transition covers all companies and in particular the smaller ones and then to ensure that all the actors in the value chain of the construction ecosystem can play the role from the design phase including discussion with the client during the construction process itself and also afterwards when the users will be inside the building and using it so these are all um, major challenges that we uh, that our industry is going to face in, in the coming months and years. I think the the crucial um, the key to this will be to really look at this intersection between, as I've said, between the environmental goals and the social goals, and really use that as a way to guide our way uh, through this transition and um, to look at what has worked. So to really learn um, from those examples that that we have seen um, being successful, maybe not focusing too much on the old way of doing things and really looking uh, to new solutions. I think many of us are guilty of protecting, of course, um, what has worked in the past and um, protecting those models. But now it's, it really is the time to break the mold and... Um, also rethink of the roles of the different players and um, break the mold and 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 be ambitious for those and accept new ideas, let's say, new ideas for this, um, the new normal, let's say, because I think we've been talking about going back to normal, but I think there will be no going back to normal. This is really a transition to a new normal. So it is really a moment to to, as I say, break the mold and, and be ambitious. Can someone else share their views or expand on this? I think the, the major issue um, in order to um, move forward is to understand um, very clearly what are we talking about, where are we going to, and what do we have now um, in terms of a building stock. 
Um, and obviously, many studies have indicated that the way we have built so far is not the way we should build in the future because it will not bring us to the ultimate aim of creating a circular economy within built environment. Anything to add, Domenica? The policymaker at European level, the, the Commission who is preparing the, the, the initiatives and then the Parliament and the Council, um, they have their role to play. But what is key is really the cooperation with the industry and the industry representatives, because we know what are the real needs, we know what are the real impacts of a specific legislation on our sector, we, we, we know best how to address the challenges that we, we have to face. And we are doing it not only for ourselves, but also to ensure that the major objectives, in this case, the environmental ones, the digital transition can be made, met. And what this is what we try to play also as, as a European organization, so to be a credible and re reliable interlocutor towards the EU institutions. But there needs to be also from the side of the institution, this willingness of having an open and constructive debate and discussion with the industry in order to be sure that what is finally adopted at European level and then implemented at national level really reflects the needs and uh, of the industry. I think that the key point and the key, the most important aspect on which I would like to highlight uh, here. Anything to add, Sosha? I mean, we all know this is a question of protecting our home, as in the planet Earth is the only home we have. And this, uh, this climate crisis requires extremely urgent actions. And uh, what we've also seen is to protect our larger home, uh, we need to also start at home because a big part of the, the materials we extract from the earth are used in the construction sector. So that is in the, in the construction phase. And then in the use phase, uh, a large part of the energy that we, um, that's producing those greenhouse gases, making our situation worse, are actually used in our homes. So we have to be extremely ambitious. Um, but at the same time, so we have to be ambitious on the greenhouse gas emissions, but at the same time, we know this whole project has to stand on two legs. So it has to be acceptable and accessible by all of the population and affordable. And at the same time, it has to be um, achievable um, on, a, on a practical and technical level. So it's a, it's, um, it's a complex task, but ambition, I think, is our only option here on this one. Can anyone else add to that? Well, um, I think uh, when we look at how our societies will be, let's say, in 2050, which is the most commonly used target, uh, for example, with the Green Deal, we will see that the construction role will play a key role, first of all, in, in the achievement of these uh, environmental uh, objectives that are set at European level. When you look at the nowadays, I mean, the built environment represents more or less a third, one third of the greenhouse gas emissions. So if you want to achieve a carbon neutral economy uh, by 2050, you will have to do something on the built environment. And that's where construction, I mean, is at the core of it, of course. Um, when you look at, we hear a lot about uh, smart mobility also. So infrastructure, how to facilitate the, the mobility. There again, we're talking about the construction sector with the, the help of digitalization and other, other modern technology. Uh, we will have also a different way 
I mean, our houses will look completely different. We we have domotic integrated in our in our, in our houses. Uh, we have all these um, yes renovation targets in terms of energy efficiency that we need to achieve. So when we look at the future, we have certainly a big big amount of opportunities ahead, uh, which of course have also on the other side of the coin a lot of challenges that our industry will need. Uh, to, to, to take on, uh, on board. But it is one thing is sure is that without the involvement of the construction ecosystem as a whole, Europe will never be able to reach these ambitious uh, goals. What do you think, Elma? We perceive buildings as static fixed structures. And obviously that is not the type of structure that will um, bring us into our circular world where we want to go. So. Our perception need to change from being fixed to um, dynamic and reversible and upgradable structures. Thank you everyone for your contributions. You've really given listeners a lot to think about today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to you and to all the listeners. Thank you very much for invitation and uh, I hope uh, in 10 years time we'll be living in a more circular world than today. That's it for this episode of Opportunities Podcast. Be sure to check out more in the series. And feel free to like, share, and share how much you care about each topic. This podcast series is an initiative of the European Commission and is part of the EU Industry Days 2021, Europe's flagship annual event on industry, taking place from the 23rd to the 26th of February 2021. For more information on the EU Industry Days 2021, visit the website euindustrydays.eu. This podcast was produced by VO with the financial support of the European Union. Its contents do not necessarily reflect the views of the EU. Thank you.